Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. It's natural for you to want your life to count for something. That seems to be something we all want. Yet how does Jesus want your life to count? In John chapter 15, the night before the cross, Jesus gives the apostles and us some insight into this. The key, according to Jesus, is abiding or staying connected to Him. While this might not produce success as the world sees it, this is how we lead a life that is pleasing to God. Jesus refers to this as being fruitful and teaches how we can all get there. To learn more, let's join Pastor Jim in part one of his message, Living a Fruitful Life. Well, I'd like to read our two verses again, John chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. Jesus speaking the night of the Last Supper. We don't know whether they're already out or they are still in the upper room, or they're out walking towards the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, We do know that it's possible that uh, they were walking by a vineyard. We don't know it. It's possible they were walking by a vineyard. Also, uh, scholars tell us that there was a a large vine over the temple, not an actual vine, but, you know, a ceramic vine, if you will, a cement vine, uh, singling uh, a sign of the nation of Israel. So we don't know whether all of these things come into play as he's using this example. And Jesus says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned." Well, it's natural for all of us to want our life to count for something. And it's interesting how people talk about this. One side says, just work hard. If people just work hard, their life will count for something. Well, maybe, maybe not. You'll get ahead if you work hard. Maybe, maybe not. Other people say, well, we just need to train people. Again, maybe, maybe not. Jesus told the apostles the night before the cross, you need to abide. You need to stay attached to me. And if you do, you will bear spiritual fruit. And then he goes on way down in verse 8, which we'll get to. And he says, my father will be glorified. But without this abiding, without being attached and remaining in Jesus, we talked a lot about this last week, uh, being faithful or being fruitful will be impossible because, as Jesus said at the end of verse 5 here, without me, you can do nothing. So let's just think about this for a second. Without a living tree, here Jesus says a vine, a branch cannot produce fruit. And so why does a tree produce fruit? Why does a branch produce fruit? For itself That would be silly. No, it does it for others. So the fruit blesses others, and the the gardener, the farmer, or as Jesus referred to his heavenly father in verse one last week, the vine dresser, um, that's his heavenly father. And in verse one and verse five, Jesus said, I am the vine. Now, centuries earlier, Hosea, the prophet, said this, or the Lord said this through the prophet Hosea, Hosea 14, 8, your fruit is found in me. Another version says, your fruit comes from 
me. Now, what does that tell us? That means that your role as a Christian, if you're not a Christian, thanks for joining us today. Our role as Christians, as followers of Jesus, is not to produce the fruit. God says, your fruit comes from me. Our role is not to produce the fruit. So let's just stop one second and go, ah, the pressure is off of us. Our role is to abide, to be attached to Jesus, and Jesus will produce the fruit in our lives, and he will make you, he will make me, a blessing to others, and his Father will be glorified. And so the title of our message today is Living a Fruitful Life. Now, when we come to verse 5, it really summarizes what we learned in verses 1 through 4. John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine. He's already told us that. You are the branches. Now, this is something he's sort of been getting at. He who abides in me and I in him. So there's, a, there's if you will, there's a mutual abiding. Bears much Fruit, stop there, bears much fruit. So Jesus stresses here the vitality of the vine. It's the vine that produces the fruit, but notice that an abiding branch that stays connected to Jesus as the vine, the branch, which represents us, bears much fruit. Now, I find that very encouraging, that you and I can bear much fruit. Now, Last time we talked about Jesus uh, you know, uh, telling us about his father being the gardener and pruning us. Now he focuses on our relationship with Jesus himself. In the weeks to come, we'll see that the totality of the Christian life comes out of a life lived of, out of the word of God and prayer, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So we are then able to live the life that God has for us. So it's interesting how it works. The word of God, when you read it, if you will, it informs us that we're usually somewhat aware of, but it also empowers us, which a lot of times we're not aware of till we get into the situation. I can't tell you how many of you told me over the years, you said, you know, I didn't think I knew much about Jesus, and I've been here at this church for a number of years, Pastor Jim, and somebody asked me a question, and it just started pouring out of me. That's the way it works. We, we get what we need to know from the Word of God. We think we can't remember any of it, and then so often, when we need it, the Holy Spirit brings those things to remembrance. Now, out of that relationship comes, out of that connectivity to Jesus, the vine, comes fruit. Now, big debate, what is fruit? We could probably go on and on about that. For our purposes today, let's try to define uh, step one, if you will, in, in a living and fruitful life, or how to live a fruitful life. And I'll quote Bible uh, commentator and scholar D.A. Donald Carson. He says, this fruit is nothing less than the outcome of persevering dependence on the vine, driven by faith, embracing all of the believer's life and the product of his 
witness. Well, what's a witness? That's telling the truth of what you've noticed and what you've seen. So look, at, just break down his definition. This fruit is the outcome of persevering dependence on the vine. So there's an active persevering dependence driven by faith, embracing all of the believer's life. So fruit is found basically in every area uh, in, in which we live in. You could say that, that fruit is everything that Christ produces in us and through us. So Jesus in this here in verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. He's very clear that the only evidence that a branch is alive, obviously he's the vine, he's alive, we're an offshoot. The only evidence that a branch is alive and attached to the vine, it is that it is bearing fruit. Now before you get too nervous, I'm not so sure there's some sort of a quarterly quota that God has, but if you abide in the vine, Jesus says, you will bear fruit. Are there times when we produce more fruit than others? I believe the answer to that question is yes. I mean, we all know there's times when we sense the presence of God in, in, a, in a tremendous way, and there's other times when, when we don't, and there's other times when we you know, feel that God is really moving in our lives, and other times it doesn't feel that way. But remember this. This is what's very important. I always try to remind myself of this, is that we don't see what God sees. The scripture says that his word will not come back void. We don't see what God sees, and we don't see as God sees. So what we're looking at as maybe, oh, I kind of messed up, he's like, no, that's fruit. That's fruit. It's extremely important to remember that fruit comes from, much fruit comes in time as we stay close to Jesus and remain in Jesus. So Fruit bearing is simply the byproduct of the abiding life. Again, there's the vine, there's the branch, and because the, the, the branch is attached to the vine, there is fruit that grows. It, it's the fruit of this mutual indwelling. Jesus says, if you abide in me, you'll know that I'm abiding in you. Now, here's the thing, soul-searching question. What are you abiding in? What, what are you trusting in? What are you really close to all of the time? And this is a very important thing to, to ask ourselves because of this main one fact. If you are primarily abided in anything other than Jesus, that will take you from Jesus. So maybe do an inventory of, of just how your day goes sometimes. And I'm not saying you don't do your job. But I am saying maybe you say before each time you go to do a job, Lord, please give me a good attitude and, and, and help my attention span and, and help me with this. Now, last week we saw that Israel had failed. And, and Israel was the vine, but Jesus said, I'm the true vine. Well, why did they fail? Well, they were religious, not relational with God. They, they put their trust in the temple, if you will, or we might say, in, oh, I'm Christian because I go to church. And they also put their trust in the fact that they were born into God's family. 
but you know, the old expression is God has no grandchildren, that you need to eat, each of us need to come to God on our own and ask for his forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And here Jesus gives us the path to the fruitful life, and it's simply this, simply depend upon my sufficiency, Jesus is telling us. Simply depend upon the fact that if you are connected to me, I will bring about the fruit of the Christian life in your life. Now, this is a great, great visual. If you spend much time in your yard, you, you, you can actually really picture this because a branch that is not connected to a vine is what? A stick. <laughs> That's all it is. It's just a stick. Just a, just, there's no life flowing into it from the vine. Therefore, there is no life flowing out of it. Now, up here, maybe we think of it more of a tree in the branches. So if, if, a, if a branch is not connected to the tree, it's what? It's just a stick. There's nothing flowing into it. There's nothing flowing out of it. You don't see a dead stick on the side of the yard or something like that, flourishing with leaves and with berries and stuff like that, unless it just fell off the the night before, the day before, or something like that. All the branch does is this. It bears, it carries, or supports the fruit that the vine or the tree produces. Now again, that should take the pressure off and it also should end our striving. Like, I gotta be a fruit producer. I gotta be a fruit producer. You don't have to. You just, if you will, have to, and I have to carry the fruit. Now, it's very important not to bring our American values into this because God decides what's good fruit. We don't decide what's good fruit. And, and good fruit is essentially faithfulness to the word of God. And that's going to look different in a lot of different people's lives. I mean, some of you right now in your life, you're taking care of somebody who's sick. And that's what God has for you to do. That's fruit bearing. It might not feel like it because it's not very American. But that's very, very important thing to do. Now, another thing about when it comes to fruit bearing People, a lot of people get very, very nervous when it comes to serving God. I, I, I feel bad for you. I think it should be like, I can't believe I get to do this. This is so cool. But a lot of people get very, very nervous about it. And on the one hand, trust me, I understand what I would call the weight of responsibility. There is a certain responsibility with it. That's why I try to study the text very, very hard because I, I want to do the best I, I can of my ability to represent what God says. Um, but there's also sometimes uh, people are just really uptight and they're so afraid of making a mistake that they become paralyzed. A lot of times when that happens, I will say to people, especially to preachers, when, they, when they, you know, they're just super hyper nervous beforehand and they're super hyper critical of themselves afterwards, I'll just say this, are you here to serve or are you here to impress? You see, if you're here to serve, then that's what you do, you serve. It doesn't mean you're a slacker, but you serve. But if you're trying to impress I mean, to be honest with you, most people probably won't be that impressed. You probably won't be 
that impressed. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, if I do something wrong, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get yelled at. Probably not. Probably not. And if you do get in trouble, and if you, if you did your best, and you do get in trouble, and you do get yelled at, let me give you two words that have carried me so well for so many years in business and so many years in the ministry. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. See, you could say that our part is to abide and to do our best, to work hard and to leave the results up to God. But notice I said we work hard. We are not completely passive. I find even in a lot of Christian books, there's, there's this sense of how God's going to do the work through you, and people come away with the idea that means that we're passive in the process. So if, if, if God is going to do work through you today, and you just sit and watch TV all day, then you've been passive about it. Now, some people only work. Work, 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 work. But they don't abide. Some people only abide, but they don't do any work. See, what we want to do is we want to have the right combination of this. Let's call it grace-motivated abiding because of my relationship with Jesus by putting my trust in him for what he's done for me in his perfect life and cross and resurrection. And because of that, I'm, I'm motivated by that grace, by what, how he's forgiven me of my sins, and that causes me to want to abide in him. But at the same time, there's a great, that produces a grace-motivated effort to not be passive but to roll up my sleeves and get to work. If you don't have both, most people do experience somewhat of an emptiness of the Christian life or others around you experience the emptiness of your Christian life. See, the abiding life not only increases your love for God, but the abiding life also increases your love for people. An unselfish love that loves to serve others. Too often, people get absorbed in their relationship with Jesus. It's all about me and my relationship with Jesus. And you notice a lot of those people, that's when they talk about that, a lot of them tend to be very selfish. They don't really want to serve others. They don't really want to help others. They're usually not generous. And they're very much inward-looking. Everything is all about them. Somebody looks at them the wrong way and they're so insulted. Instead of thinking, well, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they have a headache. Maybe they got a lot on their mind and, you know, they just didn't notice anybody they were walking on. You know, sometimes people say to me, like, well, can you talk for a few minutes in the hallway? And I'm like, I can't. I have to be up on the stage in 30 seconds. They're like, oh, oh. No, that's, that's not what it is. I have to be up on the stage in, in, in 30 seconds. But, but watch Jesus. That is not the kind of life that he lived. Jesus lived a fruitful life because Jesus loved, Jesus served, and Jesus saved people. He spent time with God. He was alone with God a lot. They couldn't find him a lot of times. Where is he? I must be off praying again. He's, he's abiding 
with his father, but that then had a, an outward expression in his love for people. So much so that Jesus even gave up his own life for it, dying on the cross for people who really didn't care that much about him so others could find salvation, the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, and they could find rest. So let me ask you a question. Do you want to live the fruitful life? Well, if you really want to, Jesus, who's such a great teacher, he, I mean, he just lays it right out. He doesn't, he doesn't he's, like, he's not like, what's he trying to say? Look at what he says at the end of verse 15. For without me, you can do nothing. Hmm, what's he mean? <laughs> For, a lot of times we say that word means because, because without me, or some verses say, apart from me, you can do nothing. Another verse says, you can do nothing without me. I call this the pastor's prayer, or at least Pastor Jim's prayer. Realizing that unless God blesses his word, combined with the work he's given me to do, it will be of little effect. Some of you know that most mornings I read through my outline. As much as anything, I'm looking down at the clock because I, could, I, I don't talk for too long, but I read through my outline, and, and, and it usually takes me about three minutes. And, and, the, and the devil says to me, well, another three to five minute sermon there, Pastor Jim. And I go, well, at least the people will be happy. They got out of church early. So I'm depending on God to bring his message to his people because I know without him, I can do nothing of eternal spiritual significance. Jesus is clear. For you and I, no matter how enthusiastic we are, and I'm not saying it's not good to be enthusiastic and joyful, but no matter how enthusiastic we are or hyper-spiritual we are, faithfulness from heaven's point of view depends upon embracing Jesus, abiding in him, knowing that without him I can do nothing. Now, let's please get this straight. That does not mean that there is not a lot of good that gets done in our world. If we're going around and we're telling people that no good is done in our world, we're going to sound like a bunch, you know, a complete bunch of fools. Let me give you a, a, a really tremendous example. There has been an unprecedented, I hate to use that word, but an unprecedented amount of people worldwide that have come out of poverty in this century. It's really been amazing. We, we see the people that are struggling on the news, and, I, and that's a sad thing. But a lot of people in a lot of places have come out of poverty. That's a good thing. However, that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Romans 14, 23, the Apostle Paul says this, if something is not from faith, it's sin. What, what, what does that mean? You see, if it's not done in faith, our good works are of no eternal value in the kingdom of God. 
we said before that, that when you do good works and you're not in Christ, it counts for nothing in heaven. But when you are in Christ, you will be rewarded for that. We'll talk about, more about that in a second. So it's really important when we talk about abiding in Christ. Some of us, we tend to really uh, depend on Jesus in the big decisions of life. Others of us, only in the little decisions. We think, I got this, I got that. But, but what happens is the tendency is to leave Jesus out of things. Just as a life connected to Jesus has life flowing out of it, a life that is not connected to Jesus does not have the life of Jesus flowing out of them, and you're just a stick. And that can happen to a Christian. We can, we can be abiding, and then we can not be abiding. Jesus is teaching us here that a life lived in isolation from the vine makes spiritual fruit, makes spiritual achievement absolutely impossible. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there too if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.